Logocentrifugal Podcast. I'm Chance Lunsford. I'm also Logocentrifugal. You might also be Logocentrifugal. While you're trying to parse that out, let me introduce today's special guest. I have with me the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> the one and only John Dutois. Well, there might be more than one, but <laughs> this, this one in particular is something special. Uh, I invited John on the podcast because I found that his storytelling skills were something that really interested me. And the way that he's able to take a story and shape it in a way that um, does a lot to both educate you and also to point you towards an understanding of what he's talking about in a way that's very clear and approachable is a rare skill. And the fact that he's doing it in such a skillful way and that he's also um, not necessarily uh, like wrapped up in the sort of, let's call it the common the common media narrative is something that's of great interest to me. And that's a lot of the reason why I invited him on is just to talk about the storytelling skills and, and how he sees using those skills to shape the way that the conversation moves. Um, and with that, John, welcome to the podcast. Hey, <laughs> thank okay, you very you much wanna... for being here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, yeah, the uh, my my Wi-Fi crapped out, so I don't know if you want to do that again. But or I guess you I guess you're gonna edit it. Is that how you do it? Or <laughs> editing, is, <laughs> editing is funny. <laughs> okay, uh, or, or we can just keep going. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, let's right. let's just roll. Okay. I mean, my audience okay, so is used to me being. Yeah, go yeah, for it. I go for it. I missed most of the, most of that introduction, but uh, <laughs> so I'm going in blind here. But um, no, I'm happy to be here, and um, you know you're. A really interesting guy and when when you asked me to be part of the podcast uh, i wanted to do it i was a bit busy at the time so it's been like almost a month in the making but uh happy to be here and talk about whatever we're going to talk about so what do you want to talk about sure so one of the things that's of great interest to me is let's let's start with hoaxed for a second because sure that that movie that's that probably is the my favorite documentary that I've watched. I really liked it, wow. and I really liked the way that it was crafted, and I really liked the way that it took a bunch of things that might not ob seem obviously connected to each other, but made it very clear by the end of the movie that they are connected to each other, and that they're having a very profound and powerful impact on the way that people view the world and the way that they operate in it too. And I guess I'm curious. Um, how did you how did you maybe become so wrapped up in the idea of media narrative and 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 this kind of storytelling that's you know shifting the public discourse this way or that and and why did you feel the need to kind of step out and make your voice heard yeah well i mean it's uh it's yeah it's something that I actually started a long time ago i mean i've uh i've you know, in, in my life, I've always been kind of an outsider, right? Um, I was born in South Africa. Um, when I was five years old, we moved to Belgium. My, my dad was a bank manager in South Africa, and then uh, he just decided to become a pastor, church pastor. And um, went, uh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, uh, a big change. And uh, decided to, um, to take over a, a church in, uh, in Belgium. And uh, so we all moved there, and I, I we, we stayed there for about almost nine years. Uh, and it's a very different culture there. The, you know, I'm, I'm sort of telling a, you know, like the long, the long story, the, the long curve here, right? So, um, yeah, it's kind of a different culture there um, because you know when when you when you are known as somebody who um, you know who wasn't born there, especially at that time. So this is like the '90s, right? Um, you know, you, you're just seen as different. You're seen as, as an outsider, right? Even though a few years later, I spoke exactly like them. I looked like them. I was a white guy. Uh, when they find out, oh, you know, you're, you're born in South Africa, you know, why, why aren't you black? You know, and, and, and that kind of stuff, right? So, you, you know, you, you're always kind of like an outsider, right? Uh, also, a very, a very strongly Catholic culture, which has its benefits, but also some drawbacks uh, in, in my experience because 
uh, we were not Catholic. We were basically, uh, I guess you could say evangelical. I mean, that's sort of like the closest approximation of, uh, of, of what we were. And um, so right away, like you're this strange guy and you're always like, you know, this, this outsider, right? Um, and that gives you a, a new perspective on things. It, it's, you know, you're, you're always outside of the mainstream. You're always um, seeing things from like a different perspective. Well, you know, uh, this one event that happens, it's, it's going to affect me in a much different way than like the average person or, or the person that fits in. So uh, it, it didn't take long for myself and, and my family as a whole to, um, to realize, you know, the news is kind of shaped in a certain way. Um, and it's, it's, it, it wants to push a narrative and it's, it's geared towards the mainstream. Right. And, um, when you're outside of the mainstream, you can, you can really like, you can really see it take place. Right. So I, I was always, you know, uh, sort of aware uh, of that, you know, especially as I got older, we moved to Canada in 99 and, um, uh, in, in 2004, I, I, I became active politically. I started helping out with the Conservative Party locally. Uh, that's a whole different story. I learned a lot there. My eyes were open there uh, as to how things work behind the scenes politically. And uh, it, was, it was a good experience in the long run, but uh, it was not a very happy experience. <laughs> mm. But um, anyway, so at, but at, at that stage, you know, I was fully aware of, of media bias and, and, um, and things like that. So, you know, by the time... Um, Donald Trump came around. I mean, this was the first time that um, you you had somebody running for office who was who was calling out the media, right? So I, I really latched onto that. Um, then, of course, you know, I I started to go online more, and uh, you know, I, I I had this old I I had this old Twitter account that I you know uh, I just sort of left languishing, and I started going on there to to see. Uh, news that you wouldn't see on on the mainstream channels. That's when I started following Mike Sertovich. I just saw this guy being, you know, uh, he, yeah, like he, he just started showing up on my timeline. A bunch of people were like retweeting him and stuff. I'm like, oh, this guy's really interesting. So that's how the whole hoax thing came about because he he tweeted out that he's he's looking for somebody to to help him make a movie on fake news, uh, a documentary. And I'm like, well, listen, you know, I um. I, I know I'm, I've, I've got skills in this area. There's no way in hell that I'm going to be working for Hollywood. Uh, a, because I don't want them, and B, they don't want me, right? It's, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> so I, I just went all in. I, uh, made a, uh, I, I made a little mock trailer. That, that's what he wanted. Uh, you know, that's, that's what he wanted people to do. And, um, uh, yeah, he chose me, and he chose Scooter Downey, who was my co-director on Hoax. And uh, that, that's how we became involved. Now, even, you know, when we started, um, you know, it's kind of this like vague sort of nebulous concept, fake news. I mean, it can apply to so many different things. So it took us a long time to really uh, hone down the narrative. And it, it was a process while we were making the movie, right? So it was, it was really, it, it was a process of, of, you know, like discovery for us. Um, you know, as, as much as we knew at the beginning of the film, of, of making the film, um, uh, it, it was very much a process of discovery. <laughs> All right. Where, uh, where should I, uh, you know, where do I leave off? I was, I was with you until it was very much a process of discovery. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was very much a process of discovery. And, um, yeah, you know, we were, we were actually shocked, you know, as much as we knew from the outset of making the film, we were still shocked by some of the things we found, right. And, and just how pervasive and, and, and how intentional it is on the part of the media. Anyway. You know, I, I, I like, I like that long lead up to the, to the, your participation in that film because there's there's so much to it and you know just as a little aside some of the scenes that i quite enjoyed were the scenes that they almost seemed like throwaway footage where maybe just like mike sitting on the couch and he's like uh you know i'm seeing if uh, you know i'm seeing if scott adams is gonna oh look he's texting me back right now and just just kind of the the real sense you got of like here's here's really mike here's really mike being mike and then you see him and he's talking to these people and, and it's a little bit more like Mike's 
Mike's talking to somebody or whatever, but but you see there's not a lot of difference between who he is and who he's portraying himself as. It's a little bit more polished, maybe That's a little right. bit more intentional, but he's very close to who yeah. he is. And I thought that was very clever yeah. of you to include that in there because in a movie about fake news, you know, I mean, it, the movie is like, hey, you know, all media is narrative. And and you guys obviously had a narrative and it was it was it was more of a counter narrative, obviously, than it was just here's how it is, folks. Believe the story. It's like, yeah. well, there's there's more to the story than what you're being told here. And I really appreciated right. the fact that there was some, some of that reality in there. Um, so I guess my, my next bit of curiosity is you, you said that you had some experience in that realm that you were, or that you had some skills um, and you kind of talked about your involvement in politics and things. But I wonder as you were getting to be involved with all these very, pretty big time personalities on maybe like the flip side of the, of the mainstream narrative with Scott Adams and Jordan Peterson and Stefan Molyneux and all these guys. It's like you, you start to, you start to make this network of these people who are having these great big influences in the world. And I'm sure that you don't agree with all these guys about all the things that they do. Of course you don't cause you're a person, but um, I guess I just wonder as the, as the film continued to unfold and you got to, interact with these people who are having such a large impact on the world at large. How did that sort of shape your own outlook on, on how you look at the world and how these things play out and who the people who shape them are? I mean, I just, I'm, I'm curious kind of how your own perception of the world and the stories that play out shifted as you were making the film. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I guess I can, you know, the the way that I would I I I, I would talk about that is, um, you know, you you see these people like Mike and Scott Adams and and Jordan Peterson, although we didn't spend too much time with them, um, you know, uh, and, and people like Stefan and so on, you know, they 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 have large platforms. Um, they're sort of, you know, like celebrities in their own right. Uh, but when you meet them, they're they're very much just like real real folks, you know, like, like, um, they're, they're not, uh, they're not divas or anything. Um, and you really get the sense that these are, are real people that, that really have gone through the mainstream media grinder, you know, like they've, they, they've all, you know, been attacked in some way. I mean, Mike is a rape apologist and, 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 and Molyneux is, uh, you know, he's a cult leader and, and, and all this stuff. And Scott Adams, you know, was, you know, he's a misogynist. And this is, you know, this, this insane, crazy stuff. And, um, you know, and, and they have a story that needs to be told, right, and, uh, in, in, in this context. And, and we, we were happy, you know, to be a part of that and make that happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess you know, what, what, what made it clear to me is like, you, you have real people that, that, um, you know, are, are, are basically, uh, are, 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 are basically affected on a fundamental level by what others think of them because of the media. Right. Uh, I mean, Mike, you know, uh, when, when he, when he holds an event and he loves holding events, he's really good at, at, at hosting events. When, when he puts up an event, he, he has to keep the location secret um right the whole time un until like two hours before it actually takes place so you have people flying in to like say new york city they know it's going to be in new york somewhere they don't know where in new york uh un un until two hours before you know i mean it's like th that that is because of fake news about mike right and, and people want to destroy him and his and, and his message you know because he's so effective at, at at basically telling a story same with uh with scott adams and molyneux so it, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And, and, and that kind of shows you um, that, you know, it's a war. It's, it's a battle of ideas. And, and the people that, that you are fighting against, I mean, they, 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 they launched the first attacks. You know what I mean? Oh, you know, uh, he, you know here's this guy, Mike Cernovich, and, um, you know, he's, he's, he's got some contacts inside the White House. This is in 2016. And he broke some stories. Let's 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 crack down on him. Let's let's try and destroy him, right? Um, why, right? Why is that? Because they they are trying to push forward an agenda, and uh, they will stop at nothing 
to basically destroy anybody who uh, stands in the way of that. So, I mean, yeah, that, that was pretty sobering. It, it's, it's not just some like, it, it's, it's very specific. It's very specific and very intentional. You know, this is a subject of exceeding interest to me. Um, I, I, because part of the reason is because I'm just a very fascinated, but also a skeptical person. I want to know everything there is to know, uh, but I also want to make sure that what I'm learning is true, or at least as close of an approximation to the truth as I can, you know, get my hands on or whatever. And part of that has led me down a rabbit hole of of Antonio Gramsci and and the mm-hmm. the idea that you know you have this you have this long march through the institutions and it's a three generation process and you know you kind of get in there and you start chipping away at the foundation and by the third generation the teachers are teaching the kids these things that erode the pre-existing foundation so you can kind of flood in this new paradigm and and when i learned about that every, you know the gear started spinning and click, click, click. All these things sort of fell into places like, my God, these, this is, this has been going on since, you know, the fifties, let's say, or the sixties. And, and, and now it's coming to fruition and it's really happening. All these, like it's, it's, if once you see the battle plan and then you look out at the world, you go, they, they've been doing this for, for how long? And then you, and then people go, Oh, well, who's they conspiracy theorists. It's like, no, look, look at what things used to be look at the intermediary steps and then look at how things are now. And like you said, it is, it is a war. And there's a, there's a quote here that I want to just chuck out. And it was King Louis the 14th. Um, and he had it in Latin, but I'll just say it in English. He had on his canons written the last argument of Kings. And you know, the Kings now are a little bit different than they used to be. It's not some monarch, you know, it's the, it's the King of television. It's the King of radio. It's the King of podcasts. It's the, you know, it's the King of the white house and, and all these different factions. But what, what I, I had Dave Raboy on this podcast and I kind of talked nice. to him about this in the Frankfurt school too, and stuff like that. And I said, look, do, where do you think we're at? You think we can salvage this? And he said, no, we're fucked. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, yeah. No, he's correct. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah. So, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. You jump in. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a sobering thing to realize when, when you realize, yeah, no, it's too late now. Um, you know, which, which sort of begs the question, you know, why are we having this conversation? Why are we making films like hooks that things like that is because, you know, we, we know that things are too late for, um, I guess you could say um, things are too late for the current um, way of of life, you know, like the current iteration of you know, like the culture, right? It, it's 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 on this inexorable path towards destruction. But what's going to come after that, right? That that's sort of the big question. I mean, you know, everybody is is basically obsessed right now with Donald Trump, and 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 for good reason, I guess, because you know he's. Uh, uh, he's, he's, he's basically separating the wheat from the chaff in many ways, but, um, you know, he, uh, the, the fact is, um, I, like, I think he's going to win re-election. Okay. So, you know, uh, things are going to escalate. I, I think next year is going to be, uh, it's, 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 it's going to be like a, another watershed moment, maybe in terms of violence. Either way, uh, we have until, let's say about 2024, if we're going to be optimistic, uh, before things are really going to start to unravel, uh, and 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 I, th- I think unravel is kind of like a, a very generous word. It's 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 a very soft word. I think we might see some some major violence. What's going to happen after that, right? Is there going to be a backlash to Trump? Are we going to see like you know like a, a super left wing socialist in office? Um, and 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 things might come to a head before that. It, it might happen under Trump, right? So either way, things are going to crash. Things are going to burn. Um, you know, it's going to be folks like you and me that will have to build up whatever is, you know, is, is, is left afterwards of the ruins, right? Like the Phoenix coming out of the ashes sort of thing. And, uh, it's important. I mean, you know, just because things are looking bad right now and there's going to be a lot of upheaval and, and a lot of, a lot of destruction doesn't mean you shouldn't have plans for the future. doesn't mean, it doesn't mean don't have, uh, you know, don't have children. It doesn't mean, uh, you know, don't, don't tell new stories, right? And, and that's super important because, 
uh, it, it's a stories that that basically that basically it it, it it's a story that that let a, a culture know uh, what it is and 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 who the you know it, it lets people know who they are right and right now we're so fractured there's so many different identities right now it, it's it's identity warfare um, because there's so many different stories and and a lot of stories have been subverting you know, uh, you know basically older stories and things like that right so we we have to look towards the future beyond this next catastrophe that needs to take place and um you know yeah so we we, we have to keep doing what we're doing that's basically you know what i'm you know what my main point is is we have to keep doing what we're doing don't despair don't give up don't don't get depressed um you know just like onward you know you know i have a friend named roman mcclay and he wrote yeah. a book called Sanction. And it's That's a very right, special book. Right <laughs> <laughs> My man. Yeah. All right. You're going to love to hear that. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> one of the points he makes is yeah. that, look, a forest fire has to happen. And the longer that you sort of try to mitigate that, the, the worse mm-hmm. the, the conflagration is going to be when it happens. Uh, but but a yeah. fire is always a renewing process you know it, it it makes way for certain things and certain trees can't even you know the seeds won't even sprout until they've been torched this kind of thing and yeah right. and and through that lens you kind of look at the culture and the media landscape and and the stories that we've been using and they are tired they're worn out stories and yeah. i often tell people look at i have a lot of I have a lot of disagreements with postmodernists and with leftists and with socialists and there's no hate in there. It's just that we have a different fundamental understanding of the way that the world works. And and I happen to think that um, a lot of the people involved in the movements that I've just named have a fundamental misunderstanding of the way that the world works. Um, and that this, this uh, like coming storm is going to be a very uh, like educating process for a lot of people. But like you said, we in order to in order to refresh the culture and refresh society and and develop a new understanding because the rules of the game have changed. I mean the way that the way that messages are transmitted and the way that conversations. I mean we can have this conversation right now and we can talk about these ideas. But I could I could go like I could go outside and I could go talk to my neighbor. And if I try to talk to them about the power of narrative and the undermining of culture, they'd be like, what the hell are you talking about, man? I'm just trying to feed my kids. That's right. But then you talk to them about, hey, have you ever noticed that certain themes in television shows or the news or the advertisements that you see keep popping up? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's not unintentional. You know, like these shows are made. These advertisements are made and they're made to influence you. Oh, Uh that's what you're talking about? Yeah, and that's what I'm fighting against too. It's like I, I don't want... I don't want you to be subverted into thinking that reality is something that it isn't. And I guess when I think about those things and here I am talking to you about this kind of stuff, I guess I wonder, um, you know, you did say just keep doing what we're doing, but what do you think some of the tools, if, if someone's listening to this and go, I'm, I, I'm with you, but I'm not exactly sure what my part in it is. What do you think some of the tools or avenues of maybe effort or focus people could, you know, focus yeah. their time and their attention on advancing are? That's right. Um, well, I mean, you know, uh, I, I strongly believe that we, we are born um, with, you know, we are each born with a divine purpose. And we are born in, in the time that we are supposed to be born into. Okay. Um, I, I also strongly believe that that each of us is born with with a set of natural talents that that we that we need to develop, right? And I think uh, a large portion of that are 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 uh, are in the realm of the arts. Um, now, in in a free market economy, um, uh, you know, it it, it doesn't really it, it's it's, 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 it's really hard to get rewarded for artistic talents. Like you really have to hustle. You have to be exceptionally good at what you do. You have to be in the right network. So, I mean, it's not easy. Um, but 
I, I, I would still, um, I, I really, I, I really want to encourage if, you know, uh, you know, to that person listening who was asking that question, uh, look inside of yourself. What, what are the skills that you have? What are your natural talents, talents and start developing that stuff. Um, on Twitter, I, I know you, you know, you, uh, left Twitter, uh, not too long ago, but, um, yesterday I, I, I wrote a post, uh, it, it was something like, listen, if, if you have some kind of a dream of, of, you know, say making films, don't worry so much about the quality. You know, it's very intimidating to look at, at some of the work that, you know, that Hollywood does, or, you know, maybe somebody, you know, like myself does and be like, Oh, that's, that's really good. I, I can't match your quality. Don't worry about it. Everybody sucked at the beginning. And you have to suck in order to get better. So, so just you know, use your smartphone and start making films. Just start making stories. If you're a writer, start writing stuff. If you're a musician, start start writing songs and 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 you know, make records. You know, it's gonna suck. Nobody's gonna listen to it for the first while, but but keep pushing and make the, make the right connections. You gotta keep. You, you have to believe in yourself when nobody else does. Um, that's the way forward for an artist. And it's really important that we do that because, you know, we're, we're, we're in this amazing time of upheaval. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's dark. It's, it's, you know, it, it may, it, it may seem like really depressing for somebody who's got, you know, uh, who, who maybe has plans for the future, but you know what, uh, these are exciting times. Um, you know, I, I keep saying to people, we live, we are living in the times when legends are made. And mm -hmm. if you want to be a legend, if, if you want your name to ring out throughout history, I mean, now, you know, this is a great time to be alive then because, you know, what you do now, it's like that line in Gladiator, what you do now will echo through eternity. Um, you know, get in on that, right? You know, start, 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 you know, you have to put skin in the game, okay? You have to make yourself vulnerable and, and take those hits. Um, be embarrassed when you make something stupid or make something shitty. Uh, but don't give up, you know, keep going, keep going, keep going. It's important because again, whatever's going to happen after this next great, this next great upheaval, this next great, um, uh, you know, major crisis that we're facing, we need to look beyond that. And we're going to need people who have gone through the fire to, to rebuild whatever is left afterwards for our children. Right. We, and, 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 and it's important that it's built on a solid foundation of, of, you know, all, all this, all this bullshit of the postmodernists is going to get wiped away, hopefully. Right. I mean, we have to do our part there and we, we have to, you know, make sure that our, 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 you know, I have two sons, they have to grow up with the, you know, with the right stories and, you know, the right culture. Right. So, uh, it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not an insignificant task. You know, a lot of what you just talked about, you, you could have just been talking right about me because, you know, I started this podcast and I just said, hey, I have a podcast. And then I just started recording episodes and inviting people on. And at first it was just my buddies. And then I just kept going and I kept pestering people. And, and look, like, for example, <laughs> I've, I've talked to your buddy, Mike. I've probably reached out to him. 30 times and, and every once in a while he'll respond back to me. He's like, Hey man, I appreciate the hustle. Yeah. We'll make it happen sometime. And I'm just like, okay, well, cool. I'm just going to keep bugging the shit out of you until that happens. And, and I've done that time and time again. And sometimes it's taken me three, four months to, and, and I, and I've, I've told people about this. It's like, look, I, you listen to this podcast. I've got more than 10,000 listens to this podcast. Now I had zero listens when I started and I was just started talking to my buddies about whatever I could think about to talk to. And I get to talk to interesting people like you or, or political people or artists or, uh, you know, I, I had a friend who was murdered and I brought on a sec, like a, like a mental health professional to talk about dangerous relationships. There's things out there in the world. And then I think, how can I, how can I bring this information to light or how can I help people understand this thing better? We'll talk to the person who knows what they're talking about. And then I get the advantage of having talked to all these interesting people like you about these things that you're expert in. And then I just get to sit back and enjoy myself. That's why I never, ever interrupt people unless I just have, I'm so curious about what they're talking about that I want to clarify. Otherwise, like yeah. I, I've sat back and listened to people. I had an episode where I just sat back and listened to a guy talk basically for two and a half hours and I didn't say a word because it's like, cool, man, this is your story and I'm interested in it. Let's hear it. And I guess the point I'm making is, 
you're absolutely right. If you want to write, what do writers do? They write. You want to be a filmmaker? What do filmmakers do? They film stuff. You want to make a podcast? Well, what do podcasters do? They record podcasts and, and then the key is you have to put them out into the world and then you listen. You listen and you go, what are people saying? And what do I feel? And how can I how can I best mesh what I feel and what I want to express with what people are asking me for? And, and you get better at that as time goes on. And that's, you know, you talked about how I left Twitter. Well, I left everything behind for a little bit because I had gotten involved in so many things and I had so much inertia. It's like, okay, I'm going to sit back and I'm not going to do any of this stuff for a while. And I'm going to listen to my heart and my soul. And I'm going to see what are the things that actually feel important to me. And for right now it's, it's this and it's, but it's finding people who add the most value and the most um, relevance to the things that I'm interested in. And, and that's why I was so, it just worked out perfectly that I got to have you come on the podcast. I mean, I came back on Twitter for three days and in those three days you reached out to me and we got to connect and make this happen. And, and I, you know, you talked about there's a reason for who you are and what you're supposed to do. And, and, you know, I felt like that. I was like, oh man, this is just right. This is cool. Yeah. And to just kind of kick this back at you, um, I'm curious because I have I have written about this and I have I've talked about this quite a bit, but I wonder how do you think it is that people can learn to recognize that sort of spiritual gift or or their own sort of like a special unique capabilities and how do you think they can recognize when maybe destiny is tapping them on the shoulder and saying, Hey, this is a thing that you need to pay attention to and do something with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. That's, that's definitely quite a question. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, you know what you, uh, well, I, I think, you know, the first step, uh, you know, and, and, and the most basic step is you, you have to recognize that there, there does exist a realm that's invisible that is spiritual and that, you know, that has a huge influence or maybe that has all the influence on what we see in the natural. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, th that's sort of like a major basic first step because, you know, a lot of people don't, don't believe in that. Right. Um, once you do, I mean, uh, as, as far as talents go, um, being still, you know, like you were saying that you, uh, you left everything behind for a while and, and just, you know, you, you basically focused on what was going on in your heart. Sorry, are we lagging again? We're good. We're good. Okay, yeah. So uh, being still is uh, is hugely important. You know, just just having you know just just having my quiet time, and that's a challenge for me too because you get busy. You know, you you've you know I've I've got two kids. I I'm, I work from home, so they're always around. Um, you know, and and it's amazing how much time they require, right? <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I know. So it, it's a real challenge, but, but that's where you, that's where you realize, you know, where, you know, what's important in, in your life and, and, and the steps you have to take. Um, and then there will come a time and this is not just once, this is like a, it's like a cycle that you go through, right. Um, where you have to take action based on what, what your hunch is because it's going to feel like a hunch until you take action, right? It's going to feel like, Oh, I've, I've got, you know, I've, 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 I feel this inclination to do this thing or, or whatever. And then there, there will come a, a time where you have to put that skin in the game and, and you have to make a decision and act on that. Um, or else it's just going to be this like, you know, you know, this like fairy tale in your own mind. So, uh, an example for me was, um, uh, yeah. So I, you know, I, I was, I, I, I wasn't a very good student in high school. Um, I mean, I, I sort of figured out what I needed, you know, to do to, to pass and then not do what was not needed to pass. Um, and then um, I uh, didn't want to go to university. And then a year later, I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe I will go, uh, I'll, I'll go to university. Went to university, spent a year there and was like, screw this. I mean, this is not for me. This is, this is for like lemmings in a factory, right? So... <laughs> At, at, at that point, you know, I, uh, I I came home. I told my parents, "I'm not going back. I mean, it's just a waste of money. It's a waste of time. And uh, I'm 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 going to be competing for the same jobs. You know, uh, you know, uh, 
that are held by the same gatekeepers with like 400 people in this class and all these other, you know, the, and, and, and then all these other universities and so on. This is just not for me. It's not, it's not my path. And uh, so they're like, okay, f- what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to make movies. So I'm just going to make movies. So and they made a deal with me. He's like, okay, fine. We support you, which is huge. But um, you have to go to film school. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do that. So I went to film school. Went, went, you know, through that whole process. It was great. Um, you know, this was probably the last year before YouTube really took off because now you can just learn everything about filmmaking on YouTube. Um, so I, I still got something out of, uh, you know, the whole, uh, uh, the whole school experience. Um, but, uh, yeah. So after that, you know, uh, after I was done with, 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 uh, with film school, now it's the hustle, right? Now, now you have to try and make it in, in this, really difficult industry and um uh you know uh, at, at that time too again you know to go back to that theme uh, of being the outsider uh you know i'm this outsider i i i have different beliefs than than you know uh, than what's common in the film industry i've got you know I've, I've my values are very different i i see things way differently in, in terms of politics I'm going to have to try and make it now in, 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 in this hostile industry. So my idea was like, you kind of have to be, you know, this like secret agent and, and all this crap. Um, and at some point in uh, about 2014, yeah, 2013, 2014, I'm like, I, I you know, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, I need to get the hell out of the city. So at the time I was, I was living with my wife in uh, Toronto, Toronto, as they say, Toronto. So, I'm like, I need to get the hell out of the city. So uh, long story short, um, you know, this opportunity, you know, came about to move to, to BC in Canada in a small town in the middle of nowhere. And there's no film industry, nothing. I mean, it's like, it, it's, it's like a mining town. You know what I mean? Um, I've, there's no way that I'll be finding work in that town. And this is where I live currently. And I just felt like it was the right move to make. Uh, we just had our first son, and uh, my wife had a job in the city. Uh, she le- she she left that job. We had no job prospects, nothing, and we we moved to this town, and um, <laughs> which is crazy. So, but I felt like it was the right thing to do. I felt like this is what I need to do to sort of break out of this rut that I was in. And. Um, you know, it was hard. I mean, it's, it's not easy. It's not like, Oh, I made the right choice. You know, things are great. No, it's like you make the right choice and you suffer for it. And you know, you're going to bust your ass to try and make it happen. And, and basically take care of your family. Uh, we had to live with my brother, uh, for about a year and a a few months. Okay. So this is tough, right. With a newborn child, but then, um, you know, things start to change again, long story short. Um, 2017 that's when hoax happened so i i left the film industry that i was not going to make it in any way i i i left the city like the major you know one of two major hubs in my country for uh, for filmmaking left it went to middle of nowhere and then i land my first major feature film well major being like it's 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 you know like an actual production so sometimes you got to make the most insane choice that you know is, is, you know, the right way forward. And you just have to act on it. You have to take that risk. I mean, and it's a risk because, you know, again, it's, it, it, it doesn't just impact me. My wife gets impacted. My newborn son gets impacted. Okay. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a real, it's a real decision with real consequences. So, and, and you have to make those moves. If you are, you know, it, it's sort of like how you prove to God or yeah, some people would say the universe. I believe it's God. This is how you, this is how you prove to God, like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this. You know, what else do you got? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to handle this. I'm, 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 I'm ready to be a steward for what you have planned for me. You know, you, you have to, you have to make that, you have to make that clear. And, and is faith without works is dead. Right. So definitely you have to have the balls to do it. Man, there's, there's so much you just talked about that I personally resonate with. And one of the things, look, I, I've just kind of made a similar thing. I lived in a home for nine years. It's the only home my three daughters 
have known. We raised a family there. I didn't own the home. It was owned by the city that I lived in and we rented it from them. They said, hey, two months ago, they said, hey, we're, we're demolishing the house. You got two months. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I've just moved into my father-in-law's house. That's actually where I'm at right now. And I'm going to be here for a while until I find a home and I'm going to go buy my first home. And I'm, you know, I'm excited about that, but it ain't easy to, to do that. And to know it's like, well, man, you know, it's like I'm 33. <sighs> it's not necessarily yeah. my favorite thing yeah. to be moving into my father-in-law's house, but it is what it is. Exactly. And, and it's, and, and it's a blessing too. But the thing, the thing I really wanted to hone in on is I've, I've talked about this a lot and I, and I've had people ask me about it after I've had some success with this podcast and other things. And when you decide you want to do something, the response from God or the universe, however, you know, whatever you want to look at it, but the forces that um, dictate cause and effect, when you decide a thing, it pushes back on you immediately. And the harder or more outlandish or more unlikely the thing, the harder the pushback from, from your life is going to be. And it is a test. You're exactly right. It's like, hey, man, you got the balls to do this? Let's really find out. Oh, you want to be a filmmaker, huh? Okay. Well, are you prepared to move out into the middle of nowhere and run on faith until this thing happens for you? Because most people aren't. Most people are, you know, most people want to be a filmmaker, but are you making a film? Are you doing what it takes to make sure that you can make that happen? Are you trusting your gut? Are you listening to your heart and your soul? No. And the reason that I know you're not is because you haven't done anything, man. And, and that's, you know, I just want to reiterate or reiterate your message there that look, I always tell people choose in. And what that means to me is you want something. Okay. You decide to do that and then you commit to it so strongly that there's two options. You get it done or you die. And it doesn't have to be everything. It's like, do you want those pair of pants? Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But do you have a passion or something in you that you really want to make happen? Because if you really do, yeah. then there's two options. You get it done or you die trying. And that's right. That's right. when you make that realization, the, it's weird how the whole world opens up to you. It really does. Mm -hmm. People, people come yeah. to you after a while. You show a little bit of effort and people go, oh, you're willing to put effort in? Cool. Well, I want you to put effort into the thing that I'm doing. And I guess along those lines, I'm very curious. And we talked a little bit about some stuff before we started recording, but okay, you made this leap of faith and then hoax, hoaxed happened and you know you made it happen and, but it happened for you too. It happened to you and for you, but, but you put in your work and everything. Yeah. And you made some connections. And I guess I'm curious, um, what kind of avenues did that open up to you? And what kind of um, projects are coming down the pipeline? And, and where yeah. do you see yourself kind of moving to now that you've had this confirmation that your faith in yourself and in, and in the process is yeah. legitimate? That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so first of all, you know, once you, once you make that, that sort of big faith decision, it's not like that's it, you know, you know, for the rest of your life, you're going to be keeping, you're going to, you're going to keep making those decisions throughout your life. Like I said, it's a cycle, right? Um, so, uh, with hoax, yeah, I mean, yeah, hoax was an amazing opportunity. Uh, obviously, yeah, it, it, it's sort of like that, that old saying, you know, when, uh, when the pupil is ready, the master will appear, right? And um, uh, just a bit of background there. So uh, late two, 2016, actually, I, I spent 2016 um, being a stay-at-home dad and um, writing a feature-length screenplay. So at, at that stage, I was still sort of figuring out, okay, like we're, we're in this new town now. My wife found a job, uh, which has now left just recently. But uh, she, she, she found a job um, and, uh, in, in town. And um, so I'm, I'm at home now. I'm still, I'm still trying to make this film thing happen. And I, I wrote a screenplay. And it was sort of like, you know, there's you know, this whole like secret agent type mentality behind it. Like, you know, this is something that maybe Hollywood would want to buy or whatever. And I can kind of work my way in a little bit. But I, I was a, a, a little bit conflicted about it, right? So, but anyway, I had to do something. So I, I wrote the screenplay. And um, near the end of the year, so th this is 2016. This was a big election year. I've been watching what was going on, and um, I, I saw the response from the left, right? And I'm like, this is insane. You know, why 
do I want to work with these people? I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill myself, right, if I do this. And uh, so I, I, I start praying a lot, you know, like, God, which way do you want me to go? Do you want me to try and get into Hollywood somehow? Or do you just want me to be like, you know, just be very open about how I'm against Hollywood and, and stand against it and all this stuff. And on January 1st of 2017, you know, I was taking a shower. It was very cliche. And I just got this overwhelming peace about the fact that just be who you are. You know, and, and again, there are some people who are sort of in Hollywood or they're sort of on the down low, right? And that might be, you know, that might be the right way for them. It might be the right path for them. So I, I don't want to knock it. But for me personally, um, I, I just got this, yeah, this, this sense of peace about just, just be open about who you are, what you believe, and, you know, the rest will take care of itself. That was January 1st of 2017. And then... Uh, Mike Cernovich made the announcement that he wants to make a documentary about fake news. And um, so, yeah, I, I was ready for that to take place. Right. And um, when he made the announcement, I'm like, I knew this was for me. I, I just knew it deep in my bones. Like this was for me. And what's funny, actually, um, you know, Mike's, Mike's DMs were open. Uh, and this is before he knew who I was or anything. And this is, this is, this is before he made the announcement. So maybe about like, you know, like maybe two months into the year. And I sent him a DM. I'm like, I just want to say, I, I really appreciate what you do and, and, you know, uh, and all that. And I have a feeling that we'll be working together in the future. And I don't think he ever read that DM, but then when he made the announcement and, and he chose me and Scooter to be his directors, you know, we started DMing and the DM was sitting there and uh, he, he must've read it then. I, I, I never really spoke, you know, with him about it, but, um, sure enough, it worked out. I mean, I just had this sense of like, I'm going to be working with this guy and, um, and it, it took place and it wasn't like I willed it into existence or anything. I, it, it just like I knew, I just knew it was going to happen. Um, so looking forward, sorry, are we lagging again here? We're good. Okay. We're good, man. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so, um, Looking forward, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, I'm I'm still I'm still you know I'm 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 still figuring out exactly what what path to take. You know, sometimes. Uh, so definitely, there will be more filmmaking in the future. But exactly how that's going to take place is hard because again, we're in the you know we're in 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 you know this uh, this um, in 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 you know this sort of era of of, of upheaval and disruption that uh it's 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 hard to really see past that fog of war right so um one of the things i've been thinking about is uh you know i i i, I want to start you know maybe writing more about disruption and 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 maybe subversion in terms of like you know i'm subverting the subversion the conversation they don't want us to have hey. <laughs> You're gonna have a hard time, you know. <laughs> Come on, baby. Come back to us, internet. Come back to us. <laughs> All right. Well, Are we live? Okay, good, good. Okay, so where did I leave you? Subverting subversion. Subverting subversion. Okay, yeah. So, um, again, because we live in, 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 in this era of, of major upheaval and, and disruption, I, th I think there's a unique opportunity to, to try and, and maybe steer that a little bit. So um, I, I want to start writing a bit more, uh, maybe like in block form or whatever, about that exact thing, you know, uh, which is using, I, I, I guess, art, you know, uh, filmmaking, music, writing, whatever, um, using that to basically disrupt, you know, 
and the existing reigning, you know, sort of hegemony of, uh, of, of, you know, the entertainment industry, right. Or, or storytelling industry. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly how things are going to pan out, but it's, it's, it's sort of like a process that we're on. It's a journey that we're on. And I, uh, I want to sort of document that journey. Right. So I'm going to start doing that. And, um, the other thing, obviously, yes, as far as filmmaking goes, yeah, I mean, Hoax has, has opened up a lot of opportunity to, you know, to, uh, to work with people like Stefan Molyneux. I, I just spent five days with him in Hong Kong. And, uh, I mean, it was an intense five days. We were in, in a protest march. We both got tear gassed. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Molyneux is uh, he's, he's a special guy, man. And he, uh, you know, I, I think he kind of got sick a little bit of, of just being in a studio and, and, and being a talking head, even though he excels at that. And, and he's helped lots of people and, and made huge impact doing that. He wants to shake things up a bit. So uh, uh, this is this is this is the second thing that I work with him on. Um, outside of hoax, obviously. The first thing was uh, uh, we we did a multi-part uh, doc series uh, in, in California to sort of talk about the whole decline of California. Uh, th- that was shot in uh, February of this year. So uh, there's still three episodes to go, but first, you know, we're going to do the Hong Kong thing. Anyway, so uh, you know, uh, because of hoax, I've been able to work with him. And things like that. I've met some other people behind the scenes that uh, are, are are making some major plans and some major moves in in, in you know the realm of filmmaking. Um, and uh, very excited to be uh, working with these guys and, uh, and and making some plans there. So yeah, there there will be some more filmmaking in the future. Ideally, uh, I want to and I will be moving into narrative filmmaking. Um, it's a tough nut to crack because of distribution. It's very easy now to get a movie made, right? I mean, you have, you know, like you you have small little cameras like this that that shoot 4K, you know, video that lo- it looks cinematic if you use it properly. I mean, it's it's really cheap now to make a movie happen. Um, so basically, and and it's that has also sort of you know, um, it, it has sort of like resulted in in a, a lowering of, of filmmaking quality because more and more people are in are, are doing that now which has, has made has, has made distribution more difficult now add to that that you're on on the outside of you know what's acceptable in hollywood it's really difficult to fund distribution so that is the the last major gate that needs to be like thrown down is, is distribution so uh i've got some uh, I've, I've got this feeling that blockchain might might be uh, a, a way to get around that or solve or, or you know like solve that problem. Um, I'm not exactly sure how, but it's something I, I, I will be investigating. Um, so yeah, blockchain, uh, f- uh, more filmmaking, um, you know, looking at, at distribution and, and disruption in in in. In, in terms of art, right? So that's what I'll be I'll, I'll be focusing on. I think for the next sort of season of my life. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be part of a panel in February talking about using pop culture and narrative to create opportunities in business and in networking uh, for people. And yeah, and it's the first time I've been invited to be a part of a live mm-hmm. event like that. And uh, there's another web conference that I'm going to be a part of that's that's uh, going to happen in November that's talking about empowering the individual to be more of who they dream they could be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've got a book out and I'm working on another book, actually. And it's interesting that you talked about what you just talked about, because the book is going to be a compendium of essays um, broken up into like politics and business and entertainment and then a synthesis of just like a total life package of how you can. Yeah. use narrative as both offense and defense to a way to look right. at the world and protect yourself from, from stories that are detrimental to your progress and how to get your own story out there in a way that's effective and will make people listen to you. Um, so maybe we can go back and forth on that a little bit, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I would love to. it's, it's very, I feel like right now, like you talked about, this is where legends are born. And even if you don't want to be a legend, you want to come out on top of this turbulence. You know, there's anytime. Have you ever seen those uh, 
like the videos of the vibrations where it's a geometric pattern and then everything falls into chaos and then it comes back more complex. It's like, yeah, yeah. we're in it. We're in a time of greater richness and complexity than ever before. And now we're at one of those edges where it's turbulence and just everything's shaken apart and falling apart. And what people fail to realize sometimes is, well, no, in order for the new paradigm to take shape, you have to break down the old paradigm because there's some spaces that are occupied that need to be redirected or reformed in order for this new, more beautiful, more complicated pattern to take shape. And and that's kind of mm-hmm. where I see us right now is we're, we're in a place where, like you talked about, it's sure it's great upheaval and, and sure there's a lot of turbulence and sure there's going to be some significant and not necessarily pleasant consequences that are going to come from this uh, like vehement dialogue that's taking place between so many people and so many factions. But, but what's going to emerge is, you know, the weak, the weakness in our society and in our persons and in our, and, and in our media is going to out of necessity fall away. And then what's going to remain is going to be strong and stable for a while. And it's going to be a great platform from which to build a life that's more that has more opportunity than I think a lot of people, including myself probably can even imagine because I see a world of great opportunity and people tell me I'm a dreamer, but then I keep making things happen and I keep seeing people all around me make things happen. And so I guess, um, you know, we've talked a lot about how important narrative is and how, uh, society is going through all these changes and, and your own sort of angle on things and and the opportunities that have come to you because of your faith and, and what the future might hold for you. Um, and I guess, you know, I want to try to maybe steer this to the conversation's conclusion so I can respect your time and everything uh, because we're approaching that time. I guess, um, if, if someone's sitting in front of you, I have a lot of people who listen to this podcast, whoever it is in your head that you imagine that might be, they're Mm -hmm. sitting in front of you and they say, you know, John, I really expect, I really um, respect the way that you've been able to learn how to express the way that you look at the world and the things that you feel about it and how you've been able to connect with these people and engage in these projects and stuff. And I know we talked about this a little bit before, but I guess I'm just wondering if you could give a person one or two pieces of advice about how they might really take their message and get it to somebody take their message and share it with the world in a way that they could actually be effective, could actually get that message out and have it heard. What would you tell that person who's asking you how to do that? Man, yeah, that's uh, again, that's another quite a question, but <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, so two things. Okay. One is, um, you know, you, you have to realize that you, you are part of something bigger. Okay. So, um, and, and that's, on, and on one hand, it, it's 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 maybe comforting to you to know that because, um, you know, you you are going into a flow, right? If you if you realize that you're going into flow, it's not like you 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 have to work on on your own propulsion. Okay, you have to use your own propulsion to get into that flow. But once you're in that flow, things will sort of move a lot quicker. Okay, and 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 just realize that you you, you are playing one part of something much bigger than yourself. Um, on the one hand, it also, you know, um, it, 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 you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's not to think that you don't have to do any work. You have to put a lot of work in, you, you have to hustle, uh, you have to suffer. I mean, suffering is part and parcel of making art. Okay. If you don't suffer, what are, what art are you going to make? You know, what's it going to be about? Is it going to be senseless and empty? Like all this stuff we see in the movie theaters now and that we hear on the radio, which I don't even listen to anymore, but um, you know, you, you don't want to be a part of that. You want to be, you don't be part of something meaningful. Well, meaning and struggle are, 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 are very close brothers. Right. So, and, and, and I guess, you know, uh, going off of that, you know, uh, my second thing that I would say is just to somebody like that is um, don't, don't be afraid to, to feel pain. Okay. Uh, you know, life can hurt and, you know, things can go wrong. Things can go wrong fairly badly, but, um, it's never, you know, unless you like maybe kill somebody and, you know, you go to jail for life or something, 
you know, uh, most of the time it's, it's, it's not something permanent. Okay. It'll blow over and you'll be a better person because of it. And you'll have a stronger character because of that. And you will have, you know, uh, you will have increased your vocabulary of, of, um, victory and, 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 you know, your, um, your, your knowledge of overcoming. Okay. Cause those are important things. You know, the things that, that used to stress me out five years ago are like nothing to me now. Okay. And in another five years' time, things that are that that is completely stressed me out now will will be you know like a piece of cake. You have to keep growing, and and you do that through suffering. <laughs> so don't don't be scared of failing. Is is sort of what I'm getting at here. Failing and hurting, you know, th- those are all necessary. So just get it over with, you know, get get through it. So and and we all need you. We all need you to to you know to find what it is you're good at and and manifest that into reality manifest that message into reality we all need that so don't not do it <laughs> yeah and like our uh like uh, our pal roman mcclay would say pain demands a response you know you you, right. you suffer and then you respond to it it's like you touch the stove and it's hot you don't just leave your finger there you pull it away and then you go oh i've learned something yeah. now and that's kind of that's right yeah that's right. So, and you so can help somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. You know, I've always been pretty smart, but not very wise, meaning I, I can figure stuff out pretty well on my own, but I sure don't take other people's lessons to heart very well. I'm getting a little better at that as I age because I'm tired of, uh, <laughs> tired of so much pain, but <laughs> nevertheless, um, you know, learn some lessons and then share those lessons and the world's going to be a lot better off for it. Maybe, maybe just one last thing. I like to do a thing. Um, and it's this, what is one question that you think people should ask of other people? And what is one question you think people should ask of themselves? Okay. Can can you, uh, maybe repeat that? Cause you you sound like C3PO, you know, doing like a dubstep breakdown right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got you now. All right. Okay. What is one question nope. that you think? We good. We good. <laughs> okay. Now, now it looks good. Okay. Try again. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> what is one question you think people should ask of other people? And what is one question you think people should ask of themselves? Okay. Say that again. Cause I only got the yourself part. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Fourth time's a charm. I don't think the Wi-Fi gods want this to end. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you there? Because now you're frozen. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. What is one question okay. that you think people should ask of other people? <laughs> oh, man. And what is one question you think they should ask of themselves? What should you ask other people? What should you ask yourself? Okay, the last hurrah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Hopefully we got it now for long enough. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's what's one question people should ask of other people and what's one question people should no, ask of It's still it's still lagging. It, it's like it's like time dilation, you know. It, it, it's like I'm trying to talk to somebody who's like 50 years in the past or something. <laughs> Okay. Can you hear me now? I feel like I'm in a Verizon advertisement. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I can hear you now. <laughs> okay. What's one question people should ask of other people and what's one question they should ask of themselves? Whoa. Okay. One question people should ask other people. Why why aren't you why are you scared of who you are meant to be? And of themselves is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's similar to that is like, why, why am I scared of, 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 of taking the step and taking and taking action based on what I already know I have to do. Hmm. Destiny's calling, huh? <laughs> Absolutely pick up the phone cool well look 
uh, you know, we've, we've kind of, we've reached the end of our hour here and this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, I know you're a busy guy and you got a lot of stuff on your plate and everything. So, um, I appreciate it. Uh, why don't you tell the people where they can find you, you know, on the internet, on your, on your social media, that kind of stuff. And, and anybody that you'd like to say hello to or anything like that'd be a great time to do now as well. Yeah, listen, um, I, I'm mostly on Twitter, so at John Dutois, so J-O-N-D-U-T-O-I-T. And um, you can find me on my website, too, which right now is just very bare bones, but I'm, I'm going to be working on that a bit more. J-O-N-D-U-T-O-I-T.com, John Dutois.com. Two best places to find me. Excellent. Is there anything else you want to throw out there to the people before we uh, no, draw the conversation? Uh, no, yeah, I mean, you know what, uh, this has been a great conversation and, uh, you know, I feel like there's a lot more that we could talk about. So, you know, hopefully we, we can do a part two or an, an, and a part three and whatnot. So um, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to listening to more of your podcast. Well, uh, consider, consider yourself penciled in for uh, some, some future date and uh, we can work that out. And uh, you know, it's been my pleasure to have you on. So, uh, listen, man, if you're good, I'm good. I'm good, man. Thank you. Okay. In that case, this has been the Logos and Trivial podcast. I've been Chance Lunsford. He's been John Dutois, and this has all been allegedly, and we are both out of here.